Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Event Tech Podcast. I am joined by some amazing guests today, but the first one over there is the divergent Brant Kruger of Event Technology Consulting. Oh, and then the third person that's joining us over there is the kaleidoscopic Kyle of Endless Events. Knowledge of all things what, Event where? Tech over at, 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 at Endless Events. <laughs> that's right. And then we got the obvious Will Curran, Chief Event <laughs> Einstein. <laughs> that, that, I like the obvious. The obvious. I'm Captain Obvious. <laughs> I also am the hiccupy, so bear with it's me, everyone. As the first part of this episode, I have the hiccups currently, so this is going to be a fun one for sure. But um, yeah, uh, Brant, what are we talking about today? And uh, you know, we're joined by uh, Kyle to to dive a little bit deeper into this. It's a it's a great opportunity. So so one of the things that I love about working with you guys is that they're, you're always coming out with with good content. That's how we first kind of came into each other's circles. Uh, is is the the content that you guys publish over there at Endless. And so uh, recently you released the 22 best event platforms to use in 2022. Now one of the things that I particularly love about this is that. And I'm not going to call anybody out. I'm not going to call anybody out. But one of the things that I find frustrating in our industry is a lot of these lists are sponsored. That it's it's you know it's 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 a here's all the resources you need for your hybrid event, and then it you know you look at the end of the sponsors, and it's like well the sponsored list is the list of of people that are that are in the in the list. Um, and you guys, however, took a different approach, uh, which I very much appreciate. Which you actually came up with metrics, and uh, you know spreadsheets were involved, and probably note cards and post-it notes and all other kinds of things. But actually, Kyle, why don't you tell us a little bit about the methodology behind this that wasn't just someone paid to be on the list. That's right. Uh, the whole methodology behind putting out this report is just helping planners go beyond Zoom, Teams, YouTube with their events, and also to give some ease because there's just an overwhelming feel with the hundreds of platforms that are out there. So, And there's a ton of great event technologies that didn't make this list. But for we really wanted to also shout this out to companies that think, hey, we need to develop something custom ourselves. Well, no, there's there's some great technology out there. And if you need someone to build it custom for you, you have a great team to, to do that with you. But when we're, when we're creating this list, we looked at some core objectives that event planners were asking for. Uh, we did a poll and over, out of all the planners, registration and email manager was one of the top features that, that came out for event platforms. Following that, native streaming player, video meetings or video rooms, gamification, on-site lead retrieval and credit tracking, and then especially accessibility. That was one of the key features that we're not seeing enough in event technology today. So so these, these criteria, you guys didn't just make them up. You actually, you got them. It's what are planners actually looking for uh, in their event platforms, right? 
Yeah, we want to take the time for you to meet with these event technologies, learn about them so that you're not having to just search best event platforms and go with whatever has uh, the first Google ad or see which one has the most reviews on G2. Because the, the waters are a little bit muddy, I would say, in the different review platforms. Uh, I would say when you use an event technology, sometimes they might reach out to you and say, hey, we're going to give you 25 or $50 with a gift card to fill, fill us out a review. So take a, a little bit of a grain of salt when you see an event platform that has hundreds upon hundreds of reviews and how they're actually going about obtaining those. I'll, and I'll say too, like, because Endless is one of those companies on G2 too, that we do also do the same thing where we incentivize people, hey, please leave us a review. But it, it really just shows how happy in general people are with it, but not necessarily what has the most platforms. Because you might end up having one platform that has way more features and benefits but and has a high customer satisfaction. You might have one that has very low feature benefits, very simple, but also a high satisfaction, and they'd be ranked almost like equally on those platforms as well. So it looks like you guys went a little bit deeper. And I'm I, I'm not allowed to take credit in this one at all. This is like all Kyle's team and the, the the content team putting this one together. But you guys like went so deep on this. It was just like it blew my mind, and I've been doing this forever. <laughs> yeah, to, to say the waters are murky was probably an understatement because there's something like 500 actual platforms looked at in the back end and this is just the, just this the top 22 so it's not like you just picked 22 and, and went with those it was tough uh it was a lot of them uh what when kyle like when you guys were kind of putting this together um what was the the part that you found like what what part was the hardest to kind of differentiate when you say it was really hard to kind of pick um right um what do you think was the hardest part about choosing those last like couple ones that were the top that were mm. almost maybe very similar like what, what would that look would that look for like for you guys it's tough because you have to put your mindset uh, in the, all the different planners. You might be planning a corporate event. You might be planning uh, an internal meeting. So making sure that we had the perspective of all these planners was important. But some of the criteria that kind of across the board, we just needed to make sure was up there was security and ease of use. We're seeing that not enough event technologies are being transparent about how they're tracking their data, where they're storing their data, any security certificates that they have. And as you're planning events year after year, you want to make sure that they're just data processing and not data owning any of your event technology. Um, and then uh, also thinking about brandability. Everybody has a different perspective of how custom do they want their event platform to look. And a lot of times you're, you're kind of molding your event to fit this event platform. Um, but sometimes brandability might be the number one uh, component for your event. And you need to make sure that it has your font. It has exactly what you want shown on the homepage. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, so making sure that there's customization opportunities in the, in the event technology was definitely important. Ooh, so I have a hard question to ask. Do you, yeah. So would you say that even when looking at this list of 22, that even someone shouldn't just pick the first one, the number one one you picked, that that might also not be the perfect one for, for, for everybody. It might be the number three pick. 100%. Number 88 pick and an extended report coming later, that might be the number one pick for your event. It's really thinking about putting, the, putting on the shoes of your attendee, putting on the shoes of your sponsor. And as you're demoing this event technology, is it simple? You, you don't want, while there, there's so many features, you don't want everyone to get lost in all, in all the 
and all that's out there. You want to make sure it's a clear journey, whatever your goals that you set for your event, that they're obtainable and easy to navigate to. Um, that's definitely something that even though you have you can have the most brandable platform, the most updated UI, if your attendees are not actually using your features, then I wouldn't say that's a success, even if you have the best platform on the list. Brand, you want to, I'll let you jump in. I can ask questions of Kyle all day. It's, I love no, picking Kyle's it's brand. fine. You know, it just, it, I'm constantly, you know, get your, get your drinking glasses ready because, you know, it's always, for me, always about going back to the goals and objectives of, of your stakeholders. You, you know, your, your goals and objectives as a planner, but also the goals and objectives of your internal stakeholders and your attendees themselves. And to, to Kyle's point that he was just making, uh, you know, if you're checking off all, you know, this one has all the features that we want. Yay. Check, 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 check. It checks off all the boxes. But if they're not using those features, then you might be, you know, spending more than you need to, or um, it maybe it's not the right product uh, for you that you've overspent on, on a product that has all these features that nobody's using. Um, and so it really is, yeah, you know, any one of these 22 or, you know, again, the 88 that, that might be coming along the line, um, you know, might be the best one for you. So no list should ever be the absolute end all and be all. But it's a great way to start informing, to learn about maybe ones that you'd never heard of before and and to check out and try and find that right digital venue for your event. And what I think makes this so exciting is regardless if your event technology made it onto this list or not, it's going to make the market more competitive. We're now exposing, you know, the best features or the best framework. We included a short video of each one. So you can just get a tease of what the experience is like. But that's we want the event technology market to to keep becoming stronger and stronger. But Brand, I have a question for you. For for those those planners that maybe they've already been committed to an event and technology and now they're discovering something new that might work better. How do they go about making that switch, or um, do they just you know stick in the boat they're already in? Yes and yes. Um, you know, so the the one of the best ways that I've seen doing it is a lot of planners have discovered that they can do smaller, you know, in between events. So they can do smaller digital events in between their in person and hybrid events. Um, that that's kind of what they're taking away from it. And so, uh, in addition to the big giant annual session. You know, yeah, you might need to lock into that one and get that set, you know, with plenty of time and have plenty of time to learn the platform. Um, And then you can use your smaller events as kind of like the farm team to try things out and, you know, use, you know, say, hey, we just want to use you guys uh, on our smaller events, see how it goes. And then be really honest with your attendees. Hey, we're just trying this out. You know, we're thinking about it for our general session uh, in August. Um, Let us know what you think and get their honest feedback. It's a great way to dip your toes in the water, try something new, and also get to know your stakeholders even better and get to know what they like and what features they enjoy and are actually going to use. Awesome. That's such a good question, Kyle. I was like, whoa, oh my gosh. Um, Kyle, what was the most surprising part about doing this list? Like, was there, when you go in, you kind of go in with a little bit of, uh, I don't think prejudice is right, bias? Bias is probably the word I'm looking for. Um, of like, hey, I think this is going to be the best one because I've done, since you've seen the demos of probably 499 out of that 500, Kyle. But, but is there something that surprised you the most about this list in general? 
Yeah, and it's not a good surprise, honestly. It's uh, when we consider ourselves like your virtual venue hunters or your virtual car buyers, you know, all of these venues, you know, they're they're going to provide a roof, but they might not have a pool or they they're going to get you, you know, from point A to B, but they might not have the best gas mileage. So, one of the things that, you know, if we're putting the virtual venue hunter uh, perspective on is uh, these virtual venues, they need to be more accessible. If, if your event is only being able to open the doors for 80% of the attendees that should be able to attend the event, I, I wouldn't pick that if that was the in-person venue, if they don't have accessibility adjustments. And uh, currently today, there's a very small percentage of the 500 that are offering any sort of integrations to increase the font size, or if someone is colorblind, to be able to update the platform. Um, there are platforms on this list that have some incredible accessibility overlays, but that's all they are, is overlays. Uh, platforms really need to be building better and thinking ahead to make sure that those doors are opening for, for any audience as event planners are having the goal to make their content more accessible uh, globally. Wow. I, I, I didn't really think about accessibility being the, the number one one. I would assume, yeah, like you're looking at them, we have multi-millions of dollars being put into these things. Adding a button that allows someone to increase a font size seems like totally doable. Is, I guess along that line, this might be getting the weeds of specifically in this, is, is that then requiring the user then to utilize like a Chrome extension to change the color? Like I use one that makes everything dark mode for me and it, mm -hmm. it lets me like kind of change the contrast ratio a little bit. Does does that like end up having to be the requirement? Is that kind of the onus gets put on the attendee then? Uh, it's it's similar to the overlay. So yeah, the attendee, if they're needing accessibility adjustments, they'll probably have a, a best understanding of which browser and device to use for their generic uh, internet surfing. But that's similar to an overlay. Like uh, the platforms like Feedloop and Socio, they're using an accessibility overlay that's powered by Accessibility that allows to enhance all of these different options. But that's all it is. It's an automated overlay that's just taking information from the, the platform. So similar to if you've used Google Translate and you've you know said oh, this website's in German, do you want to see it in English? Well, it might capture maybe 80% of the, the platform, but you're going to see some things on the website that didn't get translated. And that's the exact same thing with accessibility overlays. It, it'll, it'll work for some, but it's not going to work for all. So it really needs to be actually the platform needs to have the built into the code of the, of the event technology. And I'm guessing it breaks it and makes it not as pretty then too. So it, it becomes kind of ugly and crappy user experience for that person then too. Yeah. And then you could even think about accessibility and in terms of uh, uh, should you have a mobile app or should it just be mobile browser friendly? Um, on our list, you'll see both options. Uh, one of the things that we made sure is not one of uh, the things that we consider to be in the top event platforms is if the only option is to download it uh, on your laptop or computer. We experienced some platforms that you actually had to download the software before you can start uh, logging in and building out your profile. And that amount of login time took over 15 minutes to actually get into the event. And I can't imagine for those that are already having challenges with their event, uh, 
their attendees getting into something like uh, Zoom or, or Teams, the amount of time that the amount of attendees that are just going to say, "Up, oh, I quit," and or maybe their devices don't even work uh, if they're actually having to download software to it. So uh, that was one of the criteria: is making sure that event platforms are accessible, but with multiple browsers, because most of them are going to say that Google Chrome is the number one. Interesting. It's like being stuck in the Venetian and having to try to find that one restaurant that everyone's meeting up at, and you end up spending like 15, 20 minutes just literally getting lost in the Venetian. The time. <laughs> That's what it feels like probably for those people. <laughs> Brett, Brett, go, go. Well, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's a fantastic point. It's, it's something I'm thinking about a lot these days is accessibility and events, and um, it's, you know, these, these online platforms offer a lot of one-click ease like okay better than nothing solutions let me put it that way not perfect solutions but better than nothing solutions so automatic captioning transcriptions those kinds of things which uh, you know a lot of you know people with hearing disabilities will frequently refer to them as, as captioning but it's still better than nothing you know you can get the point across but anytime you're dealing with anything technical or medical or anything like that they're easily lost and so i just want to put in the plug that that you know if you if you are going down that road, uh, it's always better to have a human transcriber. And so, one of the things that I would look for in a platform, as far as accessibility, is being able to do that. You know, like being able to turn over closed captioning to a real live person, as opposed to just captioning. Mm-hmm. And those services are remarkably inexpensive. It's like two hundred dollars an hour uh, to have a real person. Uh, doing live captioning, you know, for, you know, however long you need it to be. And when you do that, you also get expression and emotion and punctuation and, you know, the little things like that and that, that, that add so much to the feature. And where I really think, you know, when you're looking at a list like this, um, where it really is a little bit despicable is where uh, companies will charge for some of that functionality, charge extra for the ability to turn on captioning, charge extra for the ability to 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 have a live transcriber there. Now, if they're providing the transcription service, that's that's one thing, right? But it, just to have just to have the plugin available or to allow somebody else to plug in, that's a little a little despicable, I think, in my book. So, paying attention to those things, paying attention to the website, as Kyle says, like how is that going to work with a screen reader? I just posted this last week where uh, <clears throat> an industry event, uh, one of our industry events their website the dates for the event were in a graphic uh on the site and they didn't have any alt text you know the describing the graphic mm-hmm. so literally if you were quote unquote viewing that website using a screen reader so having it read to you because you had uh, you were a person with visual impairment um you wouldn't know what the dates were for the conference because mm-hmm. it was contained in a graphic and so slowing down and thinking about those types of things um, you know how are your platform how's your platform going to help facilitate that expanded audience help facilitate um, adding those voices to the room and it's really you know this is we're, we're got, I'll step on my soapbox for just two seconds I apologize uh, <laughs> but it's, it's one of the things that I think we need to pull forward as we as, as, as people are going back to doing in-person events is that all of this stuff was one click available for our digital events. And so let's not forget it when we come back to our in-person events. Let's keep all of this in mind. You can still have that transcriber for your, for your in-person events mm-hmm. so that you've, you can have people, you know, watching that live transcription coming in on their second device, you know, on, a, on an iPad or on a tablet or, a, or a, a laptop and things like that. So these digital tools that we use when we talk about hybrid and digital events we can still use them in our in-person events. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just get off the soapbox a little bit there. That, that let's not just forget about all this stuff as in, in our rush to 
quote unquote, get back to normal. So, so uh, Brand started mentioning, I think, potentially a, a little bit of a rabbit hole of a conversation to come down, <laughs> but started talking about a little bit of like pricing and costs and um, how some platforms would charge more. How did you guys evaluate cost and all this? Because features are great, yeah. right? Functionality is great, but a lot of these planners are looking and go like, what's the difference in cost? And I'm sure also a lot of these platforms over the last two years have shifted so wildly in price. But, you know, how did you guys kind of factor in price as part of all of mm-hmm. this? Yeah, so price is definitely a consideration because even if your platform is amazing and if no one can buy it, then it's not going to work for anybody. Um, so if you're if you're looking at our top 22 here, you're going to see a platform on there that fits your budget, whatever it is, large or small. Um, but it didn't necessarily come into the score because we still want you to be able to evaluate the technology yourself. And if even if you can't afford it today, doesn't mean that you don't your team, your planning team, your marketing team doesn't want to consider this being an investment uh, next year. And platform prices are changing every day. So that's one of the the hard parts if you're looking at industry reports is it'll tell you what the price is. But by the time that the report comes out, the price might have changed already. So um, really, that's what Endless Events is here for is let's help you conduct those demos and make the process simpler. So you're not having to conduct uh, 20 different comparisons. Um, you know, we'll work with your budget and and maybe help help you expand your budget over time um, because as you're looking at pricing platforms are saying hey we want you to buy as many credits as you can right now so, so at the cheapest rate so that you can spread those out across all your events that's hard if this is the first event that you're ever doing in that technology you, you don't want to commit all of that just to this one platform but that is how platforms are shifting their pricing model too um, it helps the community model um, but it also hurts uh, hurts your your wallet but it is saving money too by making your credits more affordable I'm always a fan of just knowing, you know, so it's worthwhile to know that which you want that is out of your budget, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's still worth knowing that because it gives you something to strive for. It gives you something to, you know, it, it helps you focus and find your priorities. So even, you know, when it comes to AV and production, like I always, you know, let's start with the sun and the moon and the stars, you know, don't give, don't give me the budget number. Let's like, let's start with the sun and the moon and the stars and, and figure out where you want to go. And then we'll rock our way back into the budget based on the priorities that you have what was it about that you know that that one that was out of your range uh you know that platform that was out of your range that really appealed to you and maybe we can find one that has at least that core feature functionality um and not all the other bells and whistles i like that i like that yeah i like kind of giving something to strive for and i'm i'm guessing too that uh, and I, I'm guessing this is also going to become like a similar to our trends report that we've done every year. This is going to become like a yearly report that we update um, as time goes along. But I'm wondering too, like when we come back and look upon this next year, we'll probably have a little bit more data points. And Kyle, you've been doing this for long enough at Endless. For this year specifically, did you see any like kind of shifts in pricing? Like you talked about a little bit about the model, the credit model, and how co- these companies are trying to get as much money up front so they you know, can jack up their evaluations to these VCs in a lot of ways, right? Um, mm-hmm. But have you seen anything too? Like are you seeing prices generally come down and solidify or are you seeing them generally go up? Uh, I'm not seeing an alignment with technology and planners. Planners, I feel, are wanting to spend less on their their platform as they really just want to get back to in-person and they want to put all their budget back to their production. But I'm seeing platforms getting more costly. Um, but I think this sort, of, uh, uh, this sort of list, it helps planners be able to see, hey, this is all what's out there. And then, you know, 
platforms are going to start losing business if they're, if they're seeing that uh, they're not getting their, their slice of the pie uh, if their pricing is too high. Mm, good point. Good point. Good point. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if we want to, too, uh, I, let's maybe talk a little bit, I think, maybe about the top five and kind of um, what they look like. Um, obviously, this if you're listening to this episode in the far future, this might have changed and been updated um, since then. So that's just something to keep in mind. I think uh, we definitely want to keep this more about, like, the methodology. But let's talk a little bit about, like, the top five, maybe, because I think it will also illustrate maybe, like, where you, where you kind of came in. So, um, yeah, do, uh, do we want to start at number five? I'm guessing probably, like, lead on, lead on up and what what you kind of liked and maybe just some highlights as far as what you liked yeah um, you, Kyle so you bet so yeah I think I think the first one's crowd comms that you have on as number five yeah crowd comms how we had it phrased is uh it's your pizza deli- pizza delivered oops <laughs> One yeah, the thing. pizza delivery uh, yeah analogy. This one like crazy on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because it, when you look at event platforms and they're saying there's all these different components that we offer uh, as far as registration to lead retrieval, um, they might be offering it, but how much are they actually delivering it on? Uh, and that's where we really found a really big value with Crowdcoms is um, they haven't been doing a ton of marketing, but it's when the clients that they have, um, it's so word of mouth with them. Like they're really sharing about like when you put the platform in someone's hands, you understand why they stick with it for so long uh, because it offers that flexibility is that some of the other platforms on the list, it's kind of you're molding your event platform uh, to the this format. Crowdcoms, you can pick a couple different templates, highlight what's most important to you. Ooh. And I think one important thing, and I think uh, maybe, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this or something like that, but I love how we put on this list what year they were established. And this company was established in 2011, and I think that's kind of a trend that we're seeing across, actually, I think it's all the top fives. Uh, no one was founded in 2020. They were all previously established companies. And Brant, you and I have been talking about this in the podcast for so long, is that the companies to look at are the ones who know events and have been doing this for a long period of time versus being the tech company that just jumped in. So 2011. Pretty, pretty established one. Should we go on number four? Let's do it. Uh, All right. Next, number four. Number four was Hublot. And I would say they are leading the industry as far as interface design, most modern. They have two different toolbars, one at the top that'll take you to the core features, and then one on the side that's following you along through the entire event. So if you want to discuss in the in the activity feed, if you want to see how you're doing on the automatic gamification board, uh, it, it really allows for a lot of discovery. And one of the most uh, platforms that offer sponsorship opportunities as far as ad placements Really, any page, any toolbar, you can be able to highlight something new, um, which is something we really liked. And definitely one of the leaders as far as event security, um, offering single sign-on. Yeah. And I think it might be worthy of saying just an all-full disclosure for everybody, too, that we work really closely with Hubelo. But uh, as mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we aren't sponsored or given money by these companies. In fact, it's the, it's the complete opposite. We give a lot of money to these companies to be able to uh, be able to utilize their technologies for our clients. And uh, basically, we're clients of these uh, of these companies as well. So um, something that just kind of came in mind. But I figure, you know, in all full transparency as well. And uh, Kyle, you know these the, the which of these companies we work with most with uh, as well. But I figure it's just good in all transparency yeah. for everyone to know who we work with. Um, so should we move on to number four, three, which is another company that we work with as well in full transparency? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but was probably like one of the, the fastest growing companies probably in the pandemic. I mean, like they, they were they were a relative small player, I think, pre, you know, they found in 2013. But now they're larger, which is Swapcard. 
Yeah, Swapcard, that's right. Yeah, the South by Southwest hosted their hybrid event last year inside of Swapcard. We use it a lot for our clients' events because it offers that customization in the menu that a lot of clients are looking for. Um, similar back to the points of trying to fit your event in this mold, Swapcard allows you to uh, customize the menu, add in you know maybe an iframe feature from your website or from another tool like a photo booth uh, into the platform. And where I think they're really revolutionary their technology is definitely for uh, uh, the exhibitor experience, uh, really being able to schedule meetings easily with exhibitors or sponsors, having exhibitors and sponsors being able to showcase their products, their uh, any services that they want to highlight. Um, they're also focusing a lot on building out the community model moving forward as well. Um, so if you're looking for a platform that you want to host event after event in, it's going to be easy for the organizer and easy for the attendee. Awesome. Awesome. Um, man, should we just continue on down I think we down just the keep road? plowing along. Keep yeah. plowing along. Uh, next one is Socio, which uh, we also have a relationship as well. In addition to we've utilized them in the past, we, we also did a lot of marketing partnerships with these guys as well. But And good reason we like to partner with people who are good at what they do, which is why they're on this list rather than the other way around. You could not find a more easy to use platform than Socio. The buttons are clear, the navigation is easy, getting to the session, uh, it, it couldn't be more laid out nicely. Um, where I think they're going to, and when we're doing this evaluation, we're also not just thinking about where features are today, but where they're headed. And we really believe that the Cisco acquisition of Socio is really gonna add that power it needs to be a, a, a true leader in the event industry. Uh, they've most recently launched their on-site features, being able to offer on-site check-in, uh, badge printing. You can design the badges uh, even inside of Socio. So just another one of the all-in-one solutions. Um, and then back towards accessibility, uh, one of the platforms that is offering an accessibility enhancements for those that do need additional features. Very cool. I definitely agree with it being very easy to use. That's one of the reasons I've always enjoyed it a lot. All right. Drum roll, please. And our winner for 2021's top 22 platforms maybe it'll change over time but is feed loop bum, 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 bum. yes feed loop <laughs> coming out of canada by the way for the, for the record by the way kyle just literally like did the whole like trumpet like uh, uh gesture as well so, so. i did and I, I i actually tried to play a drum roll and then my sound was turned down oh <laughs> so i hit the drum roll and then Dang. nothing happened so, Fail, oh, so close fail all right so number one feed loop <laughs> Another platform that is really delivering on all aspects. So really thinking back about the all-in-one experience. If you're looking for something to reconstruct your event format, you need registration. You need uh, uh, on-site attendance tracking. You need a simple mobile app experience. Uh, that's where Feed Loop's coming into play. Um, they offer a native built-in floor plan builder, so you can actually lay out your, your floor plan for the trade show right in there. Um, and then accessibility, another one of the key leaders and why they reached number one this year. Um, they also offer native streaming with Meet and Stream. Um, and what makes it interesting is, you know, what... We really believe that the future of event technology is needing to have one-to-one uh, -one video meetings in your platform. Um, while all these platforms have that, what they, I think they really feature well is uh, being able to have uh, group-specific video meetings uh, for specific topics too. So uh, being able to, to segment networking uh, is, is really important, but really what ties it all in together is regardless of any event technology that you're using, planners need to 
think about the features uh, as they're creating their agendas for next year. Because one of the downsides that we see, and, and as we're sharing our analytics with our clients after events, we're seeing that some features of networking, they might not get as utilized as they hope for, but that's also because they're not building that time into their schedule as they should be to encourage networking to happen. Like that. Amen. So it's not just about the technology; it's also about how you design it in yeah. as well. Man, I feel like uh, that's man. Feels like something we would say. Wait, something we would like say. It. Something yeah. like we just gave like an hour long presentation on like last week. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy talk. <laughs> Crazy talk. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, I think it's definitely like I think an incredible list when it comes down to. It. But Brant, what, what other questions do you kind of have? What where, where where should we where should we go from here? How you know it's 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 fascinating to to see like you say so many of these are you know incumbents they've been around for a while. Um, where do you think Kyle is an opportunity to, to you know we kind of talked about the farm team idea but you know what are some other opportunities that planners might want to take a chance on someone new like how do you kind of walk that line planners pl- planners love things to be bulletproof so how do you take a chance on one of the newer ones? Mm. How do you take a chance on the newer ones? Well, one thing that I think no platforms are offering right now, but it's just been buzzwords and it's the future of event technology. So you need to keep a close eye on which platform is going to go there first. But you got to start thinking about the metaverse. Web3, which platforms are going to be bringing in blockchains? You know, I'm, I'm always trying to be in the know of what's happening next with that technology. And if we can incorporate microtransactions into the event or NFTs more being able to share that, I think that's going to be really exciting and bringing in and enhancing the virtual experience to events. I would say on this list, the only two that are really there is uh, Expo being able to really put yourself in the floor plan uh, or Topia, you know, creating that, that open world environment. So um, there's a lot of opportunity for that. But uh, if you're looking to get into any of this new technology, uh, reach out to Endless Events. We'll let you know where, where things are headed. Uh, and, you know, we, we want to help make this you know clear for you. And, you know, as you're looking at all these different virtual venues, um, you're, you might not know exactly which features to prioritize. So we'll, what, what we want to do is learn more about how, what were the key successes to your event and how can we amplify that through for those that can attend your event in person, they can still have an amazing experience from where they are attending from. Mm-hmm. Man. Boom. I, I, I was just going to say, I, I feel like there's like a crown or like a baton or something I need to like physically hand Kyle right now because I, a sash. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, he, a he, sash he's already on tiara. top of it way more, way more than I ever am anymore. Now I feel like I'm a, I'm like the, the, the old outdated person now, but yeah, I definitely agree with that. The, the future of where things are going and, and how to stay on top of it. Cause that's the one thing I think is that these newer platforms, like Kyle was saying, is that they're going to have the opportunity to do things that others have to kind of redesign around and have to like kind of like you know fit a square peg in a round hole in some ways so um you know i think definitely keep an eye out on those in the future because you know they're the ones who are going to be able to continue to build out like i know for example you mentioned you know um the metaverse and kind of where we're going with vr and you know i know that expo for example um is has a vr app now so you can literally do the exact same using a web version of what they're doing interact with somebody without having a download thing and i think that's so exciting to see what's going around and granted all seated has been around for way longer than you know brand new but you know uh expo very much launched more recently for sure mm-hmm 
and, and as you're demoing all these event technologies, whether uh, whether we're on your team or you're going just exploring on your own, provide real feedback to the event platforms. Uh, too often, they're just being saying, oh, that's nice, or they're kind of being given the cold shoulder. Tell them what they're missing, because the more that they're hearing what they're missing, that's just going to make them better. Totally. I can't agree with that more. Like the the idea that you can also, even if you love it and you love everything they're doing, still give them that critical feedback because I mean that's the only way you get better. Like it, you can imagine if you like told your kid like, oh yeah, you're perfect in every single way for their entire life, and then they find out that they when they present they talk too fast, which is basically I think what I think my parents told me I talk too fast all the time though. Um, but you know like I think that's one thing to kind of keep in mind is how do you balance that constructive feedback and help them improve and you know uh, the feedback that they hear is just so incredibly important to getting better right i always wanted to go on like a singing competition show and if uh, i i maybe what i would have been on it but my mom told me no don't go on it don't embarrass yourself so <laughs> it was good good feedback but it hurt too <laughs> Um, well, well, Kyle, I think this has been like an incredible list. I think uh, to kind of start wrapping some th- things up, is there anything else that you think that you want to kind of share with the audience for them to, to know about when they're looking at the, this article? Other than definitely go read the article and check it out because you got video demos on here. There's a lot of really good content links and things like that. But what other stuff do you think you want everyone to know about uh, about this list? Well, if it's just the event planners looking at this, uh, I would really say um, start thinking about what it would be like for a more 365 community and think about do any of these event technologies facilitate that the best? Because it's going to take some convincing tour your marketing team for you to be able to move a 365 community moving forward. And we believe that the 365 community, it's going to be able to make the like your cost of acquisition for each of those individual attendees so much less if you're just keeping your attendees in the same place. You can more easily market your future events. You can uh, tie in your webinars to your virtual events, to your hybrid events, and really extend the storyline for all of your stakeholders. So they're not only saying, oh, yep, see you next year and that's the end of their participation for the year i think that's going to make any of your attendees more involved with your organization if you can keep them involved too but it takes a team to keep a community going i love it i love it awesome all right brant you get to close this episode out (laughs) okay (laughs) i'm passing you the baton Well, what we want to know, okay, how did we do? So, 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 you know, check out the endless list, check it out, see what did we miss? Who do we miss? Who should have been higher and why? So let us know, check us out on the socials, send us an email, uh, eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. Tell us what we got wrong. Tell us, you yes. know, tell us what was amazing about it. Did this help? Did you find somebody on there that you hadn't heard of that was amazing and you checked out and it was, it was fantastic. So be sure and do all of that. Uh, thanks to Kyle. Thanks for you all of the work that you put in behind this and the team behind it and thanks so much for joining us today thank you so much for having me yeah shout out to the endless implementation team you guys are awesome you guys are the best oh my gosh if you ever had a chance to interact with the implementation team you'll learn why why they work at endless because they're they're freaking awesome so great job guys what what did i forget for the closing i don't do the closing very often nothing nothing ever you did fantastic check off all the boxes just amazing amazing i think i think it's time we just say event tech out and we get out of here shall we all right sounds good everybody (laughs) we'll see you next time on the event tech podcast event tech out Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. 
Also be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.